You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Kenny Ortiz. This is the Theology for the Rest of Us podcast. So glad to have you. I am recording from beautiful Central Florida and uh, excited to be diving into a very important and sensitive topic um, that I've been uh, that I've been grappling through and thinking through. This is episode 213, and I'm going to be continuing in a mini series I'm doing. In this episode, I'm going to be answering the question. Is homosexuality unique from other sins? And if so, why? Um, if you have not listened to our previous episode, episode 212, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Um, in episode 212, I mentioned that I'm starting this little mini-series r- around sexuality based on some conversations I've been having with some regular listeners. Over the last five months or so, I've been emailing back and forth with uh, eight or nine regular listeners, been emailing on a variety of topics and corresponding with, and, and th- those conversations have, have led to... Uh, Various thoughts that kind of come to my mind, and kind of a variety of different questions to arise that I that I thought would be valuable to to cover here on the podcast. So, I want to talk about the idea of homosexuality as being unique uh, from other sins. Uh, before I do that, let me uh, call your attention to a few other previous episodes I've done. Uh, episodes seventy eight, seventy nine, and eighty. I covered homosexuality extensively in those episodes. I want to encourage you to check those out. Also, episode one forty two, uh, I covered the topic: Are sins are all sins equal? And um, and I think uh, there is a, a large segment of modern Christians that believe that well, all sins are equal. I've even heard pastors say things like that, just point blank from the pulpit. You know, all sins are equal. Uh, no sin is greater than the other. Um, and I covered that extensively in episode 142. Uh, I'll give you a short res- or short thought on that in this episode here. I'm just going to say that I don't think that's accurate. I don't think all sins are equal. Um, now, in some regard, there's equality among sin in that all sin leads to the same eternal consequence. Like no matter what your sin is, um, all of us will, you know, all of us uh, are, are subjected to the full wrath of God. If you have sinned, you'll be separated from God and experience the wrath of God for all of eternity. That is, uh, that is a very real consequence that no matter what your sin is, you are responsible for and outside of uh, faith in Christ, you will suffer that for all of eternity. So so in, in one regard, sin is equal. All sins are equal because uh, they all lead to the same eternal consequence outside of Christ. Um, and then and secondly, I think all sins are equal in the sense that uh, that that it took the death of Christ to save you from them. So no matter, no matter what your sin is, whether you are a liar, whether you're a greedy person, whether you are uh, a person prone to to fits of anger and violence, uh, no, no matter what your no matter what your sin is, it took the death of Christ to save you to rescue you from that. Um, and no matter how many sins you commit, whether you commit a hundred sins or ten thousand sins, uh, it's irrelevant. All of them. Uh, need to be atoned for by the death of Christ at the cross. And so sins are equal in the sense that they all lead to the same eternal consequence, and sins are all equal in the sense that they all they all need the atonement of the death of Christ to 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 rescue you. But not all sins are equal in terms of the gravity of the damage they cause. Many sins are worse than others because they cause more damage to you or to other people around you. Like you can't tell me if I lie to someone or if I murder them that I've I've caused more damage by lying to them. Like those sins are not equal. I could lie to you and cause some damage to your life, but if I were to murder you, 
that probably is seen in most cases as more detrimental, right? And more damaging toward to that person. And so in that regard, sins are not equal. Some sins are indeed more heinous, more disgusting, or more damaging, more detrimental than other sins. I think it's important to acknowledge that. Um, but there are sort of categories of sin that might be equal in the damage they cause. Um, and I think homosexuality can is important to highlight because it is in a particular category of sexual sin. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 does refer to sexual sin as being different. So if you're going to classify sin, you might be able to classify them in kind of, kind of two two categories of sexual and non-sexual. The Apostle Paul talks about how all non-sexual sins are external, but sexual sin, sexual immorality is internal. So when we sin in any other way, we are sinning outwardly and we're damaging our relationships or other people, um, maybe destroying opportunities we have, destroying things in our lives. But when we sin sexually, we're, we're, we're causing damage to our own souls. We are hurting ourselves. It's an internal uh, laceration that we are bringing upon ourselves. And, and so there is a difference between sexual and non-sexual. I'm not sure that one is worse than the other per se, but one it is indeed uh, more horrific to our inward souls than the external. Um, and so I, I think that's an important distinction to make. So homosexuality is unique from non-sexual sins. You know, homosexuality and theft, let's say, would be in different categories and therefore would be different. Um, but homosexuality would not necessarily be incredibly unique from other sexual sins. You know, all sexual sin has some way of damaging your own soul uh, and, and damaging your relationship with the Lord and damaging your life. And I think there's a large category of sexual sin. So any form of lust or objectification or uh, adultery, pornography, forms of masturbation and things that accompany masturbation. And, uh, there are all sorts of sexual sins that can be put in that category. Bestiality, uh, pedophilia. I mean, there's a long list of sexual sins that would be damaging to you uh, and to your soul internally differently than non-sexual sin. So, so homosexuality um, is not unique uh, in the sense that it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not in a category by itself. It's in a category with other sins, sexual sins. Um, but it is unique from non-sexual sins, as are all sexual sins, right? So there's these kind of these two overarching categories. I think it's important to identify that homosexuality is unique from non-sexual sins, but not necessarily in its own category. It's not like this category by itself that's worse than all the others. That's not necessarily true. It's in a category of sexual sin, and all of them are disgusting and damaging and detrimental, and all of them can be redeemed by the power of the cross, by the, by the love and power of Christ and his atonement. Like all of these sins can, can be, uh, we could be rescued from uh, through the power and grace of the cross. Um, the second thing I think it's important to mention about the, hom the uniqueness of homosexuality is that, is that homosexuality is celebrated by large portions of our population in Western culture in ways that many other sins are not celebrated. Um, now, there are lots of sins that are celebrated. I'm not saying homosexuality is the only one. I'm just saying there are lots of sins that are not celebrated in Western culture. Homosexuality is 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 celebrated by large segments. Um, there are lots of people that will say homosexuality is not wrong. How dare you say it is? And that reaction typically is a is a very visceral reaction. It's a very aggressive. It's not usually a, a a docile reaction. It's typically a very hostile, very aggressive, very combative 
uh, voice tone of saying, how dare you say homosexuality is in the same category as pedophilia? There, there would be people who would look at you and say, you are a, you're, you're wicked, you're a bigot, you're a homophobe, xenophobe, whatever. Like There's all these labels that would get thrown at you that may or may not even be accurate about who you are, and, but, but they will be thrown at you because uh, you, know, cause you would say the homosexuality is in the category of sexual sin. Uh, alongside of other things. Um, but homosexuality is celebrated. There's large segments of Western culture that would say, embrace who you are. Don't tell someone that they're not gay. Don't tell someone it's wrong. You know, I mean, there's whatever. I mean, there's this long list of things and I don't want to get it kind of go down the rabbit trail of all of them necessarily in this episode. Um, but I think it's important to know that, that there, there is a segment of the world that celebrates homosexuality as completely normative and acceptable. In fact, there's even a segment of Christians, people who claim to be Christians, who are saying, hey, it's totally cool. Don't worry. It's not wrong. It's not sin. Uh, that's just old-fashioned misinterpretation of the Old Testament. Um, and, and, and because of that, there's going to be a segment of the population that are going to be combative against those of us who stand for what we believe the Bible says. Um, there's a list of there's a list of script of sins in First Corinthians six that the Apostle Paul mentions, and some of these are are are, are not celebrated in our society. The list is sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, homosexuality, theft, greed, drunkard drunkardness, uh, swindlers. You know those would be scam artists. Um, in our society, most of these are not celebrated. Most people still think adultery is wrong. Uh, most people would say theft is wrong. It's against the law. Most people would say greed is wrong and needs to be held in check and be held accountable. Most people, almost all, everyone would say being a scam artist is wrong. Uh, drunkardness is something that we look down upon in in, in, in many cultural circles in the West. Um, there, there are even moments when, when sexual immorality, if, you, if you're someone who sleeps around a lot, you may be even looked down upon by by some people in our society, uh, it's it's less and less today than it was maybe in, in previous generations, uh, certainly. But but sexual immorality even carries a stigma with it to some extent uh, in Western culture. But but homosexuality is being promoted by large segments of of people in our culture, and it's being celebrated, and therefore it is unique. It is also unique in that there are not many sins that have changed in the way people view them in pop culture the way homosexuality has changed. Over the last hundred years, when it comes to the, what we would call the sexual revolution, or the moral revolution in, in sexuality, um, pe- the way people view homosexuality has drastically changed in our contemporary culture over the last 50 to 100 years than what, you know, the, obviously, than what you know, other sins are viewed. Like men, greed and theft, people still view it as wrong for the most part. That hasn't changed. People view homosexuality very, very differently uh, than they than, than we did in, in modern Western culture. You know, let's say fifty to hundred years ago, um, and so the the perspective on homosexuality is changing at a, at a at a more rapid rate than most other sin patterns, and I think that makes it unique to some extent. Um, and I think that that is important for those of us who are Christians to know um, that we are going to be treated in a way that is more and more combative. People are going to be increasingly more aggressive and increasingly going to have a, a, a more angry response to us as time goes on as we stand for traditional, uh, what we believe the you know, Bible says is, you know, the, the traditional values around sexuality, marriage, and, and sexual relationships as a whole. So how do we as believers respond to that in, in modern culture as, as people continually celebrate homosexuality and other, and, and other patterns that we would say are outside of God's ideal design? Um, how do we respond to that? And I will say this, 
we need to shout with both our mouth and our behavior, like with our words and with our actions. We must shout to people that they are wrong, but they are loved. The gospel must shine through. When I, By the way, when I say shout, I don't literally mean shout. I mean like we should, it should shine through. Like, I mean, metaphorically speaking, we should shout. It should be abundantly obvious to everyone around us, both with the way we talk and with the way we treat people, the way we we correspond with people in conversation and with uh, the way we serve people. It should be abundantly clear to everyone that we believe this is wrong and yet we still desperately love them. We may find choices to be immoral or disgusting, and yet we desperately love them. And even when they hate you or call you a bigot or have an aggressive visceral action against you, you must respond with love and gentleness because that's what the gospel would demand of us. There is this debate going on in our society, in pop culture. We're gonna be vilified, we're gonna be attacked. But we must shout with truth and grace, with our words and with our actions. We believe this is wrong, and yet we still desperately love you. That is the only way that we're going to be able to shine the gospel in the midst of incredible opposition to to what we believe to be biblical truth. Hey, I hope this has been helpful and insightful. If you have a question about anything I've said or you want me to clarify anything, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email. Or if you have a question or a topic you want me to address on a future episode of the podcast, even if it's completely unrelated to homosexuality, uh, I'd love to hear from you as well. Shoot me an email. The address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. You can also connect with me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Hey, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. It's the only way to guarantee that you never miss a single episode. Every episode will get delivered directly to your device. And if you love the podcast, do me a huge favor. Head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star review. Tell the world you love the podcast. Those reviews are a big, big help to the show. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. Music